This episode is brought to you by Haddonfield Memorial Hospital in Haddonfield, Illinois. Do you hate when you go to the hospital and they keep the lights on bright? Do you hate properly staffed hospitals with several nurses and staff on even late at night? Well then you'll love Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. We keep the lights low and the barest of skeleton crews so you can actually relax and recover from whatever's brought you through our doors. And while you're here, try out our heated pools. Our nurse Karen Bailey swears by them. Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. We're here for you, but barely. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Horror Drafts podcast. This is our Halloween episode, not just because we're drafting the Halloween franchise, but because we are going to be dropping this on Halloween Day. Uh, We are very fortunate today to be joined by an excellent guest. Uh, He is a father of three. He lives in Sacramento, California. He is a big, big horror fan and the co-host of the Real Stupid Reviews show, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Nicholas Perry. Welcome, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate you having me aboard. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I love talking about anything horror, so I'm uh, excited to just be uh, part of the team, man. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, we're we're excited to have you. And uh, We'll, we'll do our best because, uh, you know, I've got two Nicks now on the podcast. So I'll do my best to differentiate so you guys know who I'm asking a question to, I guess. Um, Nick, uh, our guest, Nick, I think uh, it's kind of an interesting story how you and I uh, first got in touch. Um, I sold a VHS on eBay that you bought. And then from there, we've been like following each other on Instagram. And I've been like checking out the Real Stupid Reviews show. Uh I don't know. I don't know how unique that is in this day and age, but it always struck me as kind of uh, interesting because I've never struck up any other sort of like uh, acquaintanceship through selling something on eBay. Pretty awesome, man. Uh, I know that uh, to be honest with you, there's a lot of dead media out there and uh, it's very exciting to be able to connect with anybody who actually collects it and actually wantingly likes to talk about the history and likes to talk about the past. And I, I think that's uh, kind of what sparked it. Uh, you know, I, I, I bought uh, the deadly spawn and mm-hmm. uh, it was just like, Hey, where did you get it? You know, I, I'm just super excited to hear about the background of it because these movies are so hard to find on VHS, let alone. And uh, you started talking about like the old rental store and just being an avid collector. And it just, it just was too good not try to connect in some way it was just really awesome to be able to connect with somebody who had love for the media because so many people that just get it and sell it and you know it's it had a nice story behind it and eventually i'm going to do a really nice unboxing video for you bro i i got it i got it i got i got the deadly spawn figure and all that other shit it's gonna it's gonna be solid you're gonna like it. nice nice well i appreciate that well i'm i'm happy it more i was most happy it went to a good home uh you know and I will be honest, that is the fastest I've sold any item on eBay. As soon as I listed it, I, I saw like what some of the other auctions I'd gone for and they were like 147 or ish around there. So I, I just did it as a buy it now, but with offers at like 145 and you were the first one to come in with a reasonable offer. Uh, and, you know, I think that was within like five or 10 minutes of me <laughs> posting it online. So did you have like a search alert for, for Deadly Spawn or something? You know, yes. So I think okay. with- shut down and COVID and everything like that, it rekindled a lot of my love for, for VHSs. I, I had a lot of old collections and I actually had the entire collection of probably every genre, but it's like, I started getting into niche and like mm-hmm. getting into stuff I've never seen before. And 
I did have a search engine. And to be honest with you, I have a twin brother and him and I literally constantly are looking for specific things. If it's not through conventions, it's through online. And it's like, we're both like, hey, did you see that pop up? Yeah, you saw that pop up. Hey, go check this out. Hey, go check this out. So it came up right away. And, you know, my brother and I are like, me jerk, like, hey, go for it. You're not going to be there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, like I said, happy it was going to go to a good home. I love that you just brought up conventions. We actually talked a little bit in the uh, most recent episode because I used to go to horror conventions all the time, um, you know, end of high school into early college. Uh, and uh, I was saying how I was really happy I did that because so many of the people I met have, have passed since then. So I got a chance to meet them, get photos, get autographs and stuff. And that was just like such a really great uh, experience. Um, so tell me about some of the conventions you go to. What are some of the big ones out there in California that you go to? San Diego Comic-Con, of course. Um, To be honest with you, the smaller like San Jose toy conventions, uh, Sacramento conventions, and to be honest with you, old school yard sales, it's a lot of like old school, like old, and I like to say like this, but California is like old money. So it's Mm -hmm. like you go to like yard sales sometimes and you'll find like these random boxes of just tons of VHSs and tons of old DVDs and you know, we have a ton of shopping. So it's like Streetlight Records, Amoeba Records. Um, you know, we're constantly searching a lot of those. And it's just, it's obviously I got three kids. It's not like a life uh, passion. Like there's some of those people that hang out in front of those places before they open, but it's kind of like a random, hey, if I ever have a chance, I'll swing through. And anytime I see a gold, if it's something, uh, even if it looks cool, I'll be like, hey, bro, you want to see what this, you know, I'll send a picture, but we'll cut, you go back and forth and just find it and collect it and go from there. It's not really to resell or anything like that. It's just for fun, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I I'm always way more interested in like finding things in the wild than buying them online. I mean, a just for the price. I mean, I, I just, I can't afford to pay online prices for, for most things, you know, especially the things I would like to collect. So my really only chance is finding them in the wild. Um, so yeah, I mean, but it's also just the, the the hunt, you know. It's just exciting when you like, oh, holy crap! Like this is here, you know, and and you can snag it, and uh, yeah, that's that's the best uh, doing doing stuff like that. You have to get uh, creative these days. Um, I know. You have like, a, if you have a holy grail and you're looking for it, even online, like I don't. Ever since those grading companies have started grading cards and and VHS tapes, like things are going for like obviously they're not. I guess they're worth it if people are paying for it. That's what the value is apparently. But um, <clears throat> to find anything affordable, it's basically find something that you have your eye on that someone does not know any better that they, mm-hmm. like they don't know what they have. Um, like a couple of my Holy Grails are, are just tapes that um, for sure people just don't know what the value is or they mm-hmm. don't know. Like I want to start collecting SVHS tapes, for instance. Like there was like 40 films released commercially on SVHS. Um, and they were only sold through like two stores and one is in California. And it's just occurred to me, like you see them online every once in forever uh, and they're being sold for like ridiculous prices. But if they're out there, it's gotta be like, you know, people who just think they have an, a VHS copy of like RoboCop and they have no idea that it's an SVHS copy instead. Um, the boxes look exactly the same. You'd have to really go out of your way to like know exactly what. So it's like searching Facebook marketplace now, Craigslist. Like, mm-hmm for lots and yeah it's but uh, that's fun if you find it like sometimes it's all it's all worth it once you find it i spent five years looking for this one copy of the shining and i finally got it nice 
<laughs> well, it's so tough too. Cause I mean, the prices have just skyrocketed. I mean, even before COVID, I mean, they were going up, I mean, COVID made them skyrocket, but before that they were going up like crazy. I mean, I remember picking up like, you know, I had like the nightmare on Elm street laser disc. That's like the red and green uh, striped, you know, yeah. uh, double disc set and everything. And, um, you know, that was, I picked that up back in like, you know, early college or something like that. And I ultimately ended up selling like a bunch of my laser discs. I had them go like pretty cheap at a yard sale. And I kind of probably shouldn't have, because now I would see like, you know, that one alone goes for like close to a hundred or something, you know, and I was like, I can't believe it's, it's gotten that expensive for them. So you live and you learn. <laughs> I should have just hung on to my media instead of selling it when I needed to. <laughs> You tasted greatness, so it's like at least I had my hands on it. At least that feeling of I never had to own it. At least you had it. And you're like, hey, I let it go, but at least it's in the wild still. I'm sure it's doing good. I'm sure it'll circle around one of these days in Florida. I'll be like, look, I found it. <laughs> yeah, that's my hope. That's again going back to the, like I I hope it finds a good home. Like you know, selling deadly spawn to you. It's like yeah, hopefully someone you know will gets that and really appreciates it and cherishes it nowadays. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still still collect some Laserdisc now, but yeah, it's just even like, you know, run-of-the-mill standard like movies that like are a dime a dozen on Laserdisc, you know, it's picking them up for under like five bucks can be like pretty tough. And it's, at that rate, it's like, why am I buying the Laserdisc of, you know, this movie that was released, you know, but there's a bajillion copies of them. You know, I'm, I, it's more like the horror stuff, the cult stuff, and that's all just going to be so expensive, so... Oh, well. I think one of my favorite things now, um, and it's great that you like dead media as well, um, is finding like the last release on every format, mm. uh, figuring out what that was, realizing that they released a very small batch of whatever that may have been because the format was dying, and then seeking that out. Like I've been looking for the Pixar's Cars on VHS for years. Um, is that officially the last vhs release that's the last like mate i mean obviously they're still doing small batch vhs oh yeah yeah for, like special but yeah that's like the last major studio one history of violence i think is the last one that was like released like commercially in stores and then cars was released uh, through disney movie club only so it's like a mail order oh, thing so there's i see copies, and those routinely sell for like fifteen hundred dollars but I'm just waiting to find it in someone's collection. <laughs> wow. Okay. See, I was I was thinking History of Violence too. That was the one I always thought of. Uh, yeah. Was the last one. History of Violence, and then actually Disney also released Chronicles of Narnia, like right before Cars, and that one is also pretty expensive if you find it. Um, but yeah, and apparently Mission Impossible was the last movie released on Betamax, although I've never seen any visual proof of it. I just found like tons of articles about that, so I've been trying to track that down for years too. Yeah, that seems late in Betamax's life cycle. 90, 96 or something. Yeah. yeah. It was another situation where I guess like kind of like SVHS, um, there was a store in Houston or something that had some deal with Paramount or whatever to like manufacture their own. Um, so it was like available in one location only for like who knows how long. So Wow. So you can see, Nick, uh, our guest, Nick, that one of us has a very encyclopedic knowledge of home video formats and is far <laughs> superior to mine. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> well uh well uh this is awesome uh, i could talk about this stuff with you guys all day but I, I guess uh guess nick we should get to what we brought you on the podcast for here which is drafting the halloween franchise um so uh, before we began recording uh we rolled a four-sided die to determine the order of this draft 
Um, I will be going first. Our guest, Nick Perry, will be going second. And then host, Nick Schwartz, will be going third. Uh, For any of our listeners who aren't familiar, we do a snake-style draft. So even though I am picking first, uh, when we get to the end of the first round, Nick is going to have back-to-back picks and will pick first in the second round. And I am not drafting again until the very end of the second round. I will be honest. I uh, don't know how I feel about that (laughs) because I feel like there's some... One's at the top of the top of the pile in the Halloween franchise that I would like to have that I'm worried are going to be gone by the time it gets back to me again. Yeah, but let's put it this way. You felt that way about Friday the 13th, and I went with Jason X in round two. So That's true. You never know. You're right. Um, um, but wait, before we start, should we yeah. uh, should we do a real quick, like, what have you been watching? Oh, my goodness. I, I definitely want to hear what, uh, what Nick's been. Yeah, thank you so much. Days for no, reminding no, no. me i don't know where my head is sometimes when i'm doing these uh hosting segments absolutely no, I don't want to, like i get out or anything but i'd be curious i'm curious always what the guest is uh yeah no same here and uh so uh nick would you like to tell us kind of what you've been watching lately that maybe you'd recommend to folks sure um i'll stick with recent media um i usually watch a lot of older stuff around this time like just classic halloween like the i watch um again halloween the thing creep show like like it but it's like uh, i think my newer stuff that i've watched that i would definitely like to say um slumber party massacre the mm. remake on sci-fi oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. that is a remake that i didn't realize was actually going to be good i didn't nice. think that was going to be cool at all like who who knew um, that was amazing. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it in any way, but it's expect what you expected in the original, but like modern and whatever that means to you, just roll with it. Um, I uh, just uh, finished, uh, what is it, the Halloween Kills last week, um, mm. which uh, I was pretty happy with. I'm really curious to see where it's going to land on the draft. And um, as far as like some recent weird ones, um, I got my wife to sit down for um, Willie's Wonderland, mm. um, which I'm absolutely surprised she sat through the entire thing without like stabbing me. Mm-hmm. Um, another movie that I'd highly recommend. I absolutely loved it because it reminded me of like old school full moon pictures, like Puppet Master, Demonic Toys. Like it was such a like cliche on like the B movies. And, uh, you know, Nick Cage, uh, sometimes he says too much and sometimes he doesn't need to say a word. Um, but yeah, those are, those are probably the most enjoyable ones that I've seen lately. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Willie's Wonderland. I did not realize that Nick uh, Cage didn't say a word during the, <laughs> during the entirety of the performance. So it kind of, I think it was like 20 or 30 minutes and I was like, oh, he really, he hasn't said anything yet, has he? And then uh, when they stuck with it all the way through, I was like, all right, that's, that is a choice. <laughs> I'm surprised I've gone this long. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'm surprised that I've gone this long without hearing that he doesn't say anything. I've read a lot about it. I, I, they did a limited VHS release of that. So I have a copy of it. I've been dying to like pop it in, um, but haven't had a chance yet. But now I really want to just for that alone. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it is, it's a fun uh, movie. And uh, yeah, the, the connection to full moon features, I think makes, makes a lot of sense. Cause yeah, it's, it's, I definitely get that vibe from it. Um, let's see. So since we recorded uh, our last episode pretty recently, I have not watched uh, much new horror since then, but I did rewatch um, 30 days of night 
which I hadn't seen for probably at least a decade um, since it first came out. And uh, I, I think it still holds up, man. I think it's still pretty darn good. Um, yeah, I was a little worried, you know, how's it, you know, how's it going to look or any of the special effects they use and stuff like that, but it, it's pretty darn good. And uh, I really uh, like the way that they did the vampires, the weird like language they speak to each other. Um, you know, I, I love seeing Ben Foster show up and small little roles like that, but man, anytime like a shabby Ben Foster shows up in your town, like <laughs> run away because <laughs> bad things are coming. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I just, I love that premise. You know, you're stuck in 30 days of darkness in Alaska and there's no reprieve basically from the vampires. So uh, pretty, pretty darn fun movie that people should uh, either check out or rewatch because um, uh, it holds up. What about you, guest Nick? Or, I mean, host Nick, excuse me. <laughs> Did you say RS, RS Nick or Real Stupid Nick or, or Review Show? Oh, Nick? there you go. I could do that, sure. <laughs> stupid Nick is easy, but I don't know if the fans will be like, wow, be pretty harsh wow. on this guy. He must have picked the wrong Halloween movie first. <laughs> uh, Brant, Brant turned a heel in this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, well, now I want to rewatch 30 Days of Night. I love David Slade. I'm a big mm. David Slade fan. Um, and uh, I haven't seen that since it came out theatrically. So I don't remember a damn thing about it. So, okay. uh, uh, yeah, you've just convinced me to rewatch that soon. Nice. Um, mm. I, uh, what have I watched in the last like week or so? Um, two Halloween movies, which I'm not going to talk about because obviously we're about to, to discuss those. Which And I will also say before we get into this that I think I'm the only one of us who has not seen Halloween Kills yet. It's the only one that I have not had a chance to watch of this franchise so i will not be picking it sorry to ruin that part of the draft but if you guys are thinking about putting halloween kill someone on your, somewhere on your list you don't have to worry about me putting it there um it's all yours uh sorry to spoil the draft um what have i been watching recently i started to watch verotica on shutter which is glenn danzig's feature directorial debut um did you see it brantley i see you no I've, I've just heard some very interesting things so it has been and I did not know this at the time. I had read one one review of it, which was like, this is absolute dreck. Don't watch it. And I was like, I have to watch it. So started watching it. And like half an hour in, I had to turn it off. I'm going to have to watch it. It's an anthology. So I'm going to have to watch it over the course of many, many nights. So I haven't finished it yet. But um, comparisons to The Room are not <laughs> unfounded. It's, uh, it's um, I love, I'm a big you know, I love the Misfits and I have Danzig one and Danzig three are, are incredible albums. And I think he's, you know, he's, he's great. He's, you know, he's Danzig. He's a one name, one of those one name people. He's Danzig. You know exactly what you're getting into, except with this movie, you do not know what you're getting into. The absolute ineptitude <laughs> across every frame is stunning. I, transcended regular reality and got into this place where I like I could not quite make sense of what I was watching and that like I thought maybe I was dreaming about a really bad movie it, it's just it's so bad that I can't even I honestly I can't do it justice and you guys have to check it out it's worth watching and I can't wait to watch it with like a group of people but mm -hmm. if you watch it by yourself as like a movie that you just casually put on I it's it's great it's like a whole different experience from anything you will ever ever see um it's, it's just truly remarkably historically bad 
Interesting. Good to know. I, I'd heard very interesting. I had not heard it's as bad as the room or, or close to as bad as the room. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I, I think it's more poorly made than the room. Oh, wow. Like the actual filmmaking and uh, the craftsmanship behind it for sure. I think it's worse than the room. I've heard wow. rumors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that says a lot. <laughs> it's on shutter. It's a shutter. It's, I think it's a shutter exclusive. So if you have shutter, um, you can watch it, you know, for, for free quote unquote i mean you're paying for the service but um mm -hmm. you will never get the time back so you're paying something nice yeah On the uh, list. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'll, I'll put it right to the top now <laughs> let me know what you guys think i'm gonna try and finish it tonight Excellent. <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right so um Let's get this draft started. Uh, before we draft, every, before every one of our drafts, we have the installation of a commissioner. Uh, Nick Perry, as our guest, I am installing you as the commissioner of this draft. Here's the thing. You're going to have a real easy time. It's like the Friday the 13th franchise. We, there's really not an opportunity to draft anything that's not a Halloween movie. Uh, there are 12 Halloween films, including the newest Halloween Kills that just came out uh, about a couple weeks ago. That means we are going to have a four-round draft. Uh, so to start us off here at the very with the very first pick in the first round, I have to go with the original Halloween from 1978. Um, I uh, uh, am bummed that I'm probably going to miss a number of ones coming up as I'm not going to get to draft for a while. But I mean, just it's just the pinnacle of the franchise, you know that. And it's it, not just the pinnacle of the franchise, but just kicked off the wave of slasher films that would come to define the 80s. And um, it's just so tense and creepy with the shape, uh, just poking his head out here and there and following Laurie Strode throughout the, the movie. Um, gosh, what it, I mean, what this is the thing that's happened the past couple of episodes, Nick. If you haven't listened, we're, we're talking about horror directors and prestige horror. And we're like, what is there to say? You know, it's yeah. it's such a great movie. What am I going to add to it that uh, much uh, more intelligent people have have already said? But yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, the original here with the first pick. Mm -hmm. I think that's very fair to be honest with you. I can't I can't imagine anybody having a list where that's not on the front of it. I mean, just the implications of the background and being essentially the pinnacle of all slasher films uh, to mm -hmm. a point. I, I think that it's very difficult to argue that in any case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just that, you know, I mean, Carpenter turned like a script that was what originally called The Babysitter Murders and turned it into this like fantastic horror film that, yeah, just like so many others would ape off of and try to cash in on um, since uh, and did it better than pretty much all the rest of them. Uh, but it's Nick, kind of... It's like, it's a bit of a, oh, sorry. No, no, I was I literally know. throwing it to you. to add Oh, you I thought maybe sense. you meant guest Nick. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 I don't, what you've said is like, I mean, is, is that's all true of, of the original Halloween. I knew it would, obviously it was going to go first and I don't really have much to, to add to that, except um, that I think one thing that does not get mentioned is that, um, I mean, it does, but not enough. Is that like it is a proto? It's the prototypical slasher movie. Um, you know, it's not the first slasher movie, um, but it, it clearly like set as we talked about last week um, on the director's episode. I mean, I think it, it it obviously set the blueprint for slashers. 
but it's kind of an enigma in that it's also not really a slasher. I, I don't think the Halloween franchise became what you like think about as like a slasher series until Halloween two, um, mm. because Halloween one has very little on screen violence. It doesn't have a big body count. It's not really about the kills and the way he kills people. I mean, in the first one, you know, he he's got a kitchen knife and he walks around and he stabs. People. I mean, you know, you know, there's there's not much more to it. It's really what you said, Bradley. It's it's the creepiness of this guy kind of like lurking around and. Um, you know, I can't imagine going to the theater and seeing that in 1978, um, even though there, you know, again, there had been maybe like a handful of kind of slasher movies, but just that idea, like you think of Michael Myers now as, as, um, as you know, this slasher icon and he's like way bigger than the franchise and he's like this pop culture icon and stuff but like seeing that movie in 1978 and just like going home to like a suburban neighborhood at night and like just like that guy could be out there anywhere like that that feeling is like i think lost now when you really just think about the franchise because it's just now it's just huge you know it's a huge like media you know it spans comics and whatever and it's all about you know michael myers and um but i think at the time um it wasn't it couldn't be just like lumped in as like oh it's another slasher movie and i think that's part of what makes it what it is um the you know the hallmark of of the genre basically yeah there was um okay last year or the year before or something amy nicholson did a podcast called halloween unmasked that was about like the history of the franchise and she interviewed all of these like um they're older now but they were like teenagers who babysat at the time the original came out and talked about what it was like going to see that in the theater and like feeling like that could be them the next time they go to babysit the kid down the street and and stuff like that so you're absolutely right that it like touched that nerve uh for so many people living in the suburbs at that time and um uh, the blank check podcast they're doing john carpenter right now and they mentioned something i think really salient um just also to like the point you were making which was that you know, Halloween didn't create the slasher genre, but it defined it. You know, it became what we thought of when we thought of the slasher genre. Um, so yeah, excellent. Um, with that, I'm going to throw to our guest, Nick, with the second pick in the first round. Well, uh, I think I'm going to be pretty daring. Um, to be honest with you, I know a lot of people out there like the differences with a few different, uh, the sequels. Um, I'm going to go to the 2018 um, requel um, just because I feel like it was the best embodiment of an actual sequel slash reboot. Um, you know, uh, David Gordon Green, Danny McBride was mentioned when this was coming out. Like, it's just such an off the walls, ridiculous idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you're like, uh, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, whatever. You know, I, I, there's been so many rough sequels to the Halloween genre. And then this comes out and it's like, just totally nails it. Um, just from the story to the scares, to the, the gore, to the, to the, this powerful, um, you know, Laurie Strode coming up and just, and just being a total badass. It's like, it's everything that you wanted from the get go. It's like, this is the sequel that everybody wanted. And um, it, it's, I'm sure this will come into discussion, just the amount of, different directions the franchise has taken like i i was most excited with this because i felt like it was literally a love letter to every fan of the original michael myers 
Um, you know, the, the mask uh, is honestly one of the best masks I've seen of any of the, of the franchise. Um, just the, the whole tone, um, the fact that you have John Carpenter coming back and helping with the score. Um, there's a scene where he's chasing after um, Lori's granddaughter, and uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name. But there's a musical number there that literally just makes your spine tingle. Like as she starts running, it's called The Shape Hunts Allison. They get this riff with along with the classic jingle and it's orchestrated through a violin bow going over a guitar. And it's just such an angry, scary, bone chingling like symphony of, uh, of, the, of the actual climax of the actual original jingle. And it's just, it's like, there's so many things like that in the film that just make you love it. It's just like, I, I can't, I can't say that, that there's anything that's impressed me more than that. That's a great pick. Um, it's a good thing you took it with the second overall, because that was like number three on my list. So I, I was hoping to snag that one. This is what I mean. Like I, as much as I am happy to get, you know, the original, I, I feel like I'm going to miss a lot of the better sequels before it's my turn uh, halloween i think is a franchise where it's like the top is like really great and there's not that much good stuff in the middle and then it's a lot of there's a bunch of junk at the bottom so <laughs> i think friday the 13th is pretty evenly you know you got like a nice span there um but anyway yeah that's a great pick and i love that this is about uh it's like so much about trauma and like people still dealing with the effects of michael myers just from the one night i like that they get rid of the fact that he's her brother i never liked the fact that they're related no he focuses on her because she came to the house because her dad told her to go drop the thing off you know what i mean like that's why he fixate on her he just happens to see her and it was like wrong place wrong time which is another reason that you know it makes the original so scary he's like she just happened to be in the wrong place and that was it um i yeah i never liked the the the, the sibling you know aspect of it or, or anything like that but fantastic uh fantastic choice there with the 2018 requel yep. uh, yeah sure. nick i don't know if you have anything to add but you sir are up not just with the last pick of the first round but with the first pick of the second round as well that's right i got back to backs um that made it actually a little bit easier. I mean, I, the, I actually had probably the H4O, for lack of a better term, um, uh, <laughs> sort of lower down on my list only because I loved it. Um, I, and, and like, I remember reading at the time it came out that like, like obviously Bar None, this is the best sequel to Halloween, you know, in the entire franchise's history. Um, and a lot of ways, I think I would agree with that then my only problem with that is it felt so much like the original that i think i was in the wrong mindset like i went in and i didn't know what to expect and i was like this is kind of like a retread of the original but like and that's kind of i think what i probably will wind up loving about it the more times that i watch it um but i, I again i've only seen it that one time so but it was it's just so competently made and you know, to Nick's point, like I remember reading that Danny McBride was like involved, and in, that was like when that was first announced. You were like, "Wait, what?" It was like when they announced Chris Rock was going to be involved with the Saw franchise. Like, where does this come from? This is completely out of left field, but like awesome. I had no idea he was interested in this movie, you know. Um, and he, he, you know, he knocked out of the park, as did David Gordon Green, who, you know, same thing. Like he's not a filmmaker who he would be the last filmmaker I think working today basically that you would like peg as like, you know, he's like this indie sort of comedy director and whatever. And you know, why him and Danny McBride apart from the fact that they're friends and Danny apparently wrote the script. I think that's the only reason. And, uh, and he did so, and 
not only did he do so well, but he's been, you know, hired for both sequels because he, he was such a success. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to revisiting that, um, hopefully very soon so that I can see Halloween kills immediately after. Um, but yes, sorry. So onto my picks, I have three in a row here that are pretty close. Um, but since I'm back to back, I, I think I hold two of these movies pretty much neck and neck um, together. So I'll just pick both of them. And so I think it matters less what order I'm about to pick these two. Um, but I'm going to go with Halloween H2O first. Um, I know it's, you know, it's, it's not a great movie, but I do think it's just a, a really solid sequel and I enjoy the hell out of it. Um, and, and all the criticism of it is fair. Like I, I forget if it's Scream 2, but like, I know it was like made like side by side with like Scream 2 and it's like it rips off the soundtrack and like the location, whatever, who cares? I like, I don't care about any of that. I think that the movie is just so much fun. It's a blast. And also, um, yes, I know it's like, uh, it, it, oh, it, it, the first movie to really like retcon a bunch of the sequels. Um, and I think it did, it does that well, like having Jamie Lee Curtis back. And I just remember seeing the trailers and it felt like such a, like, but not, but that was like a huge deal um, to the horror community. I mean, I think people, most people care <laughs> less, but I was super psyched that summer because it was like such a huge, like reunion basically. Um, and Steve Miner, you know, obviously director Steve Miner, he's a, he directed Friday the 13th, two and three. He's done I think he did Lake Placid. I don't know what else he's done exactly, but he knows the slasher genre. Um, and so, you know, it was in capable hands. And um, I think one of the legitimate criticisms is that Michael Myers, like the mask changes like eight times and there's a CG mask, which I actually never realized until I read about it. So, you know, it's not good CG, but it's like just used in just the right way. Um, obviously it should have been a practical mask, but whatever. It, none of that matters because the movie is so much fun. Um, and I will say that even though it was completely like thrown out the window at the beginning of Resurrection, I love the ending of H2O. I think it's just such a perfect moment. There's just that like tiny, like they almost touch hands and then just like, boom, and it's over. And then the theme starts. And I think that's the only time the theme really plays in the whole film, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it's killer. I love that. Like I'll watch that whole movie even if I didn't enjoy it just to get to that point in the ending. Cause I, I like still to this day, I think that's a great, one of the better endings in the franchise. Um, so that's my pick for, for that round. Um, and I won't go right into the next one. Cause I'm curious to see what you guys think about H2O. Oh, I mean, you know how I feel, Nick, that that's also the number one sequel in my book. <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's just, you know, the age we are and being like, you know, 12, 13 when that came out and just like, hitting at the right time. Uh, I know people make fun of like those 90s horror movie, high school horror movies and stuff, you know, cause obviously so much came out after in the wake of Scream. Um, but I, I've always loved H2O. Uh, even for all the things you just mentioned, I know the mask is horrible and it keeps changing. I actually had no idea there was a CGI mask at some point. That was, that's news to me. Um, I, I certainly don't, uh, rec- wouldn't have noticed it. Um, but yeah, and as much as I've just said how I don't like the sibling thing, I think that this is the one sequel that does a really great job, like, you know, touching on that, like when, when you're talking about the ending and Michael reaching out and you almost see like this little bit of like, 
loss in Lori for like what's what she has to do and the the pain and difficulty she's going to go through there and then the swing you know it's uh, i agree it's it's about as touching of an ending as you can have uh for this franchise so yeah h2o is way up there for me yeah i, I would totally agree with that to be honest with you h2o was really good um you know the battle with uh with Lori and michael um the one arm bar pull down thing like that there, there's a lot of really cool moments in it um i think my only beef with it um you know when i was when i first saw the trailers for it and when i first saw it in theaters and i first saw it like uh, in in the flesh i i was super happy about it but now like uh, in retrospect the cutaways and the off-screen kills is kind of what makes me not enjoy it as much um those are the only things that i i like going back i'm like wow we there's a lot of 90s horror movies that just did cutaways for everything and i i, I can't really pinpoint an actual like death scene maybe there's like a stab here and there but it's like it, it's been a long time since i watched it but i don't remember any specific like kill moment and it's like i, I for me in horror like that's a huge thing and it's like, I can love a movie. And then it's funny, I'll go like five years, not see it, and I'll see it again. And it'll be like, what the hell? I, I remember this being a lot more gory. Then it's like, ah, desensitize, desensitize. You know? <laughs> 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 but it's a great yeah. pick, though. I think it's yeah. a good sequel. We certainly yeah. see aftermaths of the violence. You know, you got Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the ice skate in the face, you know, after the opening scene and stuff. Uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't recall if we see him get killed on screen either yeah yeah, Uh, i don't think you do yeah but i also love that like retconning in the opening where he's going back to that nurse's you know house to get like (laughs) the file and information you know like i thought what what a brilliant you know opening set piece for that too you know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah right yeah totally forgot about that too yeah yeah all Um, right nick all right taking us into round two yeah so like i said neck and neck uh sequel wise i'm going with halloween too um because uh there's not much to say about it except that i, th- I think like i said before it's, it's the movie that really i think turns the corner into full slasher territory um and you know i th- think you got the end of, of halloween one and you could make an argument that like you see the beginnings of, of you know this like sort of supernatural unstoppable force you know after he falls he's been shot six times and yeah okay he gets up and but again i think trying to bring myself into the mindset of someone seeing that in 1978 like i don't know that the unstoppable killer was like that much of a, of a trope like a cliche at that point um so i don't think that gets really like solidified until the end of two um and then like subsequently actually the beginning of four when you like obviously when he's he's come back again but um yeah i mean t- and two is like i think there's you know there's more on-screen kills it's more you know, it's a little bit more violent in that sense. Um, I like it because John Carpenter was still directly involved. And, um, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't hold a candle to the first, but it's also, it's, you know, it's a great continuation. It picks up the moment the first ends and like, that's cool in itself. And obviously Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, which is a bonus. Like she is that franchise basically. Um, so it has a lot going for it and, um, and I'll always like it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else there is to say about two in, in, in my mind. Um, it's just, it's a great sequel. Oh, yes. The one other thing to say is that Rick Rosenthal, director Rick Rosenthal, who would return to the franchise in Resurrection, um, 
it's like what a what a I'm not going to say anything about resurrection. I know someone's going to pick it at some point. Um, and I've only seen it once. And I actually, honestly, I kind of enjoyed it when I saw it. So I'm not going to say anything about it, except for that, like, those are two polar opposite movies in a lot of ways. The same filmmaker doing those two movies in the franchise is kind of cool. That's all I'll say. Nice. Yeah, two is pretty great. Uh, I do like, you know, we talk about these franchises and all the creative kills that the different villains have. And, you know, for Mike Myers, as much as we think of him with just the knife, he he's always been a little like creative and and you know goofy than that first one putting the guy up on the door and the tombstone in the bed and everything. Like he 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 messes with people here and there. So uh, you know, as much as the hot tub uh, scene seems a little out of place for Michael Myers, I'm like you know what, it's not that out of place. He he's always goofing on people a little bit there. Um, I, I always think it's so funny that that hospital is like dark as hell and there's like two, three people working in like the entire building. You know, it's like, I know it's at night, late at night, but you know, come on. Uh, so yeah, two, two is great. I think so. Uh, you know, I, I think it builds up the universe as far as like an expectation, like it, what it literally paves the way for where Michael goes for the next like five or six sequels um i love that jamie lee curtis is in it um i mean it's been said a few times that it was essentially a rush thing it was it's like i i think about now in modern time it's like train to busan going to peninsula it's like you don't really need a sequel to something that's really really good but it's like they're also like hey they made a lot of money we want to make some money um i actually really like halloween too uh, i'm happy it's uh up there i think it's great i think it's got some of the best kills the mask is actually cool um, I actually like the mask. I think that's uh, a really big plus for it. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's an awesome sequel. I think um, I, I never had a problem with it. And then I, afterwards, I do research, and I'm like, wow, people did not think highly of this. But I, I was like, well, I, I I thought it was really cool when I first saw it. I had no problems with that. Yeah. Kills were really cool, especially like the nurse scene and you know the hot tub. It's like reminiscent of like Friday the Thirteenth. So it's like it just kind of joins the rest of the crowd. It doesn't really like try to reset trends or anything like that. So. Yeah. yeah awesome well uh nick you're up now guest nick with your uh second round pick so um i won't add a lot of spoilers but i'm gonna say halloween kills uh halloween kills um really quenched my thirst for what i want in an actual sequel to halloween like i think it is actually one of the best sequels that have come out and, and granted the totem pole is like we got like two people on the totem pole <laughs> realistically but um i think that it was it literally embodied all the things that they tried to do throughout a uh, you know 10 different sequels and actually tried to make it into like a modern day like scary slasher style um the use of the mob um the the creative kills um the unstoppable but you're still not sure if he's human is he ghost is he is he undead like i i think it leaves a lot to consider like to continuously like think and it doesn't really make you think hey he's, he's unstoppable but it also makes you think wow he's he's very hard to kill um it brings back a ton of actors that are just super you know uh, again rooted in the franchise um i really enjoyed it um i was actually like to be honest with you, laughing and cheering through a lot of it. I don't know if everybody else was, but I thought it was really, really cool sequel. Uh, I was very happy with it. 
Nice. Yeah, that uh, I was very surprised that my wife, I was telling Nick before we started recording that my wife wanted to watch Halloween Kills because she's not a big horror person. And I was like, oh, really? You, you actually want to watch that? Because she didn't even see the 2018 one. And she goes, yeah, uh, Kyle Richards is in it. And I was like, Which, who's, who's that? She goes, oh, she's a housewife. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, that's, she played the little girl in the original and now is like grown up in this uh, new one. So uh, my wife watched it with me. <laughs> and it was a very surprise to get her in. But yeah, that would have been my next pick too. Uh, I'm a little jealous. You've got both of the two newer ones, uh, Nick. Um, uh I, I definitely like the 2018 one a bit more than Halloween Kills, but I agree with everything you've said. Um, and I'm going to try to keep this as spoiler free uh, as well. Uh, I think it's uh, the things I wasn't a huge fan of. It feels a little over the top at times in terms of some of that mob mentality uh, that goes on in it. And I'm a little, I'm going to try to keep this as vague as possible, a little worried about the direction it's going based on some of the things in it. You know what? Where are they bringing Michael into? And I don't, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. But overall, I enjoyed it a lot. What's that? I said facts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome, awesome pick. Um, all right. So uh, I have the back to back here. Um, I am going to do Halloween four. The return of Michael Myers for the final pick here of the second round. Um, I we we talked in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise about reassessing the movies as we watch them over time and everything. And I remember, you know, outside of the first two and then H two O, like I was never like a huge fan of um, a bunch of the sequels to the Halloween franchise. But rewatching four a couple a year or two ago, I really really liked it. Um, I mean, I hate that they kill. Laurie Strode. I mean, that sucks. But um, the the storyline with uh, the the little girl and you know the it's 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 very well done and and is very brings it back to those more creepier elements of the stalking that Michael does and everything from the original. And um, I there's a, certain aspects of the movie that I absolutely love, like the townsfolk getting in the truck and like chasing after him and stuff like that. And towards the end there in the finale. Um, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to take Halloween uh, for the return of Michael Myers uh, there. Uh, do, do either of you have, have anything to add to, to that one before I, I uh, move on to the next? So solid choice i I've, i had i think maybe the almost the opposite experience i, I rewatched that for the first time recently and and felt um i was less enthralled by this the guy used to be one of my favorite sequels um as well for all the reasons you just listed um and i don't dislike it it's pretty high on my list uh it, i know it was made like at that point in like the mp we were talking about this on the friday 13th podcast it's very bloodless mm-hmm. um which is not a reason to dislike the movie, uh, but it's just like striking compared to the rest of the franchise, I think. Um, I forget what else there was. There was a couple things I just felt like lukewarm on when I revisited it, but I do love um, a lot of those elements you you mentioned. And I like the ending. For some reason, I conflate the ending, I think with H2O a lot, I think because it ends on the side of the highway, basically. Like they're, it's very similar, I don't know. Um, but I love, I, I just, I like the ending and I like that, um, you know, it sets up five like at five kind of follows into the footsteps like two followed in the footsteps of one and and um 
and it's cool. I mean, I, I, these are movies that I saw for the first time, like when I was in high school. So they'd been out for, you know, quite a while. So again, I just like wish I could have seen these like in real time when they were released. Um, to me in the video store, seeing like the return of Michael Myers on the box, I was like, holy shit, that sounds like a big deal. Like I didn't realize, like, I mean, I, I just, I'm trying to imagine in, in real time, like having three come out and then like how psyched I'd be that Michael Myers was back, you know, again in the franchise. And like, I think that would be a completely different mindset to like go see that movie in. Um, anyway. Um, well, it's, it sort of ties into Friday the 13th, right? It's like after five, they were like, no, no, Jason lives. Trust <laughs> us. It's the real Jason. And it's like, exactly. it seems like they're doing the same thing with Halloween. Like, no, no, it's the return of Michael Myers. Trust me, he's in this one. <laughs> right, right. It's right in the title. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't have much more to add. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it's, it, it is probably one of the closer feeling ones to the original in a lot of respects so that's that's it's got that going for it yeah and i have to give a huge shout out to, to danielle harris who is the the actress who plays the jamie lloyd main character in it because she does a phenomenal job uh you know especially as a child in in um that movie and the sequel in the next one yeah, um, she's great. yeah so she's really great i gotta give a huge shout out to her to her uh guest nick did anything you wanted to add about halloween four you know, um, so like for me, when I first started watching the series, like when I first started actually being able to rent my own VHSs and not get my dad like saying, absolutely not, do not touch that. Um, this was always like so appealing, the case with the Myers mask and, uh, you know, and, and then it's like number five as well with Daniel Harris. Um, I love Daniel Harris. I, I think she's just an amazing actress. Um, this sequel, like the beginning of it, is super engaging it's exciting um i think everything up until like the actual like mask on and everything like that it just it, you can see there was like production issues but to be honest with you like i didn't notice any of that until like way later on even now i watch it and i, I don't even notice it like I, I i will say that this is a really fun sequel like if you enjoy the the friday the 13th sequels and you're like you don't really care where you land like this is essentially like a michael myers sequel if you don't really care where you land um I think there's just really cool roots behind it. And I, I really liked the, uh, the uh, ending. I thought the ending was just so clean with um, Daniel Harris as, uh, you know, Jamie Lloyd uh, going and killing her stepmother and becoming the new Myers and, and being all bloody, like, and, and, you know, Dr. Loomis just screaming, like, it's just, it's like, it's such a cliffhanger and it's just such a great, overall execution of a sequel i i think that it is flawed but it's like such a fun movie there's just so much to enjoy with it i, I think they went a lot of weird directions with it um you know what i mean namely killing jamie lee curtis character obviously she was super popular at this time going through all kinds of amazing things through hollywood so it's like yeah I, i'm good with not being on a michael myers movie but um but it, it was pretty damn cool for what it was like i think that we got a lot of our original actors back into it we got michael myers back i was hella confused when i rented halloween 3 the first time and yeah well i'm sure it's going to come on the list eventually but mm. but yeah four really a fun sequel i think it's it's definitely like the six seven if you compare it to like friday the 13th franchise nice and uh, so with that, I'm going to go right into my next one, which is going to be the sequel to Halloween 4, Halloween 5, uh, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Um, I, I'll always go 4 over 5 just because it 
feels a bit more serious and a bit more like rooted in horror five is gets a little goofy and like i mean literally some of that like music that kicks in when the cops like walk up to him you know it's it's, it's a little too like goofy at times and uh the way michael sort of you know we, we see that how he survived and everything and it's it's a little uh okay a little frankenstein and frankenstein's monster here and everything um so it feels a little a little silly a bit more silly than four but kind of sticking with that um new storyline that they've done uh with daniel harris i think daniel harris's acting in five might even be better than four just because she's forced to be like so nonverbal for so much of it um i know people some people find that like annoying because she seems very like you know, I don't, I don't know, needy or, or annoying or whatever. Uh, but it, you know, I mean, it's a, it's again, it's a person going through trauma, you know, and, and how they've changed because of the trauma that they've gone through uh, sort of tying it back to the, the 2018 one that uh, we mentioned that. Um, but I think also this is where we're getting to the point in the Halloween franchise where there's much, much more diminishing returns in, in terms of some of these sequels and, and remakes and stuff. Um, so it's nowhere near as high as like I'd have some of the others, but uh, five is, uh, is my next pick. I feel like I've been like following you up uh, when you, when you, I, I'm curious to hear what, what Nick, what Nick thinks before I jump in. Cause I, it's really fresh um, in my mind right now. Okay. To be, to be honest, I, I was upset with the direction how they started it. I think it's weird how they kill off the main actress within the first like twenty minutes of the film. Uh, it just it just literally felt like they were trying to take the franchise in a weird direction. You do get the same vibes as the my uh, those uh, Halloween four. Like you get a lot of those vibes. Um, they kind of super pass off the climactic uh, ending of the fourth like like, like I, I was really really like on my on the edge of my seat when i first saw that and i was like what the hell is going to happen in the next one and I, there, there's like supposed to be like a full another uh, story another concept where daniel harris is in her teens and she's like competing with michael myers as a slasher and the other the whole thing is her stepmom or her sister trying to stop them and, and there's like a rise to dominance and and it kind of went for this like back into the slasher feel um it, it just it really was kind of odd like I, I i like the sequel because i i think that it does stick the landing as far as like a good slasher sequel um like things that stand out is the the goofy ass cops like you have this Looney Tunes noise behind the cops walking. It's like, where is that necessary in this film? Like, are, are we trying to set a tone? Because the tone is you just literally killed off the main actress from the last film. Uh, like, I'm just like, it's such a it's like serious tone through it. And it's like, and then we go into like this goofy side of it. And it's like, it's kind of confusing, really. It's like, I don't really understand what direction they were trying to go in. Um, you know, I, I, it left me really, really, really wanting. You know what I mean? And then, and then we get to this like man in black at the end. I was so confused with what was going on with this film. It's like, you know, in the mask. Oh God. Oh, it's the worst. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. 
Those are all, yes, yeah. I, I watched it for the first time in probably 20 years uh, last week in prep for this for this podcast. And and so, you know, maybe it's just by that, like by virtue of that, that it's, it's I like kind of held it in higher esteem this time than I used to, where it was definitely four above five. Hearing you guys talk, I'm like, maybe they're, <laughs> they're closer to even again, because uh, those are all really good points. The mask is terrible. The sound effect with the cops are like i mean it's hysterical it's funny to watch now um but yeah i mean like it's it's just tonally all over the place um and now i can't 100 percent remember six um like the full plot of six but i my uh, like it's pretty clear at least i've saw six once a long 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 time ago um remember you know not well, whatever we'll, we'll get to that but like this five the man in black thing like sets up six right so i think that what's interesting about that is I, I think that is one of the weaker points of the, of the movie that they're trying to set this, this sequel up. And then we Brantley and I were talking about this before we started recording it, it winds up being the longest gap between Halloween movies in history. <laughs> they like have the cliffhanger, cliffhanger of an ending. You don't know who this character is. And then six years go by before they fund another movie. And it's like, I don't know by that time I was all interest lost anything that they generated with that cliffhanger of an ending, like any, whatever. Anyway. Um, what I do like about the movie, though, is, is is the last act, the Myers house. And, and you know, I, I think it's a great location. It's a good ending. Like you said, Daniel Harris is actually like really spectacular in this film, like really shockingly good for like an actress of her age. Um, and, and especially like, again, you know, I, I don't think people take performances in horror movies generally that seriously. But like, you know, even without a horror movie, you just look at her like disregard the context of what kind of movie she's in like she's just really good in this movie for someone her age it's impressive whereas she's acting opposite like the craziest donald pleasance that i think the franchise has ever seen um you go back and like yeah his character even in the first one is kind of like over the top and theatrical but five oh my god does he chew up the scenery in like the best way i was mm-hmm. losing it watching it last week and I, it, he's amazing at it like just screaming at danielle harris like this little girl and he's just shouting at her and like frustrated and it's it, it just it's awesome i love it um and like i'm a huge fan of of that character you know dr loomis and and donald donald's like portrayal of him but like i think one of the goofiest portrayals of dr loomis is halloween five um it's it's worth watching just for those scenes in, in my opinion um yeah. and we so. should shout out i mean you know i don't know if there's anyone who has more of a like uh commitment to the franchise than donald plaza i mean we talk about jamie lee Curtis, and she's come back and done like you know 20 years later and 40 years later and now the sequel to that one but pleasance was there like you know uh you know one two four five and i think he had passed away before they uh did stuff in six or did they use in six though right they used stuff before he passed away they shot some stuff before right this was the last film that he he didn't he didn't make it to the premiere Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right. He, he passed away, unfortunately, before the premiere. Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 But you, you, yeah, he really does. He he deserves a lot of credit for this franchise. I mean, you get the sense that he would have been in three as Doctor Loomis if they just would have let him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that that's the biggest disappointment. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good choice. It was. I have it at number six on my list for context. So it's like right, right, dead center for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. Uh, oh, I guess it's seven on my list. I didn't cross it off yet. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, that's where it is on mine too. Um, but enough about my pick. With the second pick of the third round, uh, guest Nick, you're up. 
Um, you know what? I'm going to jump into uh, dark territory and say the Rob Zombie remake. Um, I actually was very like excited to hear that he was taking over the film. I loved House Thousand Corpses. Um, I love Rob Zombie movies in general. Um, I don't know how I feel about the Monsters recent sequel, but um, <laughs> just to put that out there, I'm not. I'm like the jury's out still. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I thought he actually did a pretty damn good job at the sequel. And considering some of the sequels before, like, I don't really know where the totem pole was. But I mean, like, I'm I, I'm pretty happy with it. I mean, it's obviously nowhere near the top of the list obviously that's it's it's not it's not going to be that movie that changes things but there was like people protesting the, the production there was people like uh, like doing sit-ins like it was it was insane the amount of heat that was coming from this which is I'm, I'm assuming good for any film to be honest with you like it's creating publicity for free um it talks about like the the past of michael and really dives into that it has a plethora of different actors um, you know, I mean, everybody from his previous films, you know what I mean? Bill Mosley, Sid Haig, um, you know what I mean? Uh, on and on and on and on. It, it's it, It's got so many cool parts of it. And it's got like some of the most brutal kills of the franchise. It's got one of like the scariest Michaels of the franchise. Like there's very few scenes that you go into and you don't really feel afraid of this Michael you get an actually halfway decent mask. Um, you know what I mean? Aside from having to see Rob Zombie's wife in almost every other scene, it's a pretty damn good, like, I don't know if we call these a reboot quote or re, re, we're reinventing the word on this series, of course, but like a, a rebequel, I mean, rib zombie cool. Like I, <laughs> I, I can guess it away, but I, I thought it was good though. I enjoyed it. I saw it in theaters and I was generally like, like glued to my seat watching it just because there's so much random stuff going on yeah you know yeah i here's what i will say about the the rob zombie remake i would i i would probably like it a lot more if it wasn't a halloween remake do you know what i mean like because it just i understand that he's making it his own and he's doing something different which i think you know anytime you're going to be like remaking something seminal it it makes a lot of sense to do but i think it just if this was just his own slasher movie that he had created, I'd have been like way more into it. Um, You know, making Michael this like massively huge dude who just like, you know, dwarfed other people and, um, you know, taking it kind of out of that suburb and making it more kind of like white trashy. It sort of, it lost so many of the elements and the essence I felt like of uh, Michael Myers and and of that original Halloween franchise that um, they've always been like kind of lower on my list in that regard. Um, But like just as a movie itself, as a horror movie in and of itself, I think it does a, a great job at executing exactly like what it's going for. And I think it does an excellent job. And I really like Malcolm McDowell uh, in the Loomis role. I actually think he comes in and does a fantastic job because those are huge shoes to fill uh, taken over for Donald Pleasance. Um, and I think he does a really great job in that um, in that one. Uh, so that that's what I'll say about the Rob Zombie remake. Yeah, I... I oh, go ahead. One, one more weird thing I was going to say just because of Malcolm McDowell, like it's also one of the only horror movies that Brad Dorff doesn't get killed off. <laughs> oh, like, yes. That's the only movie I can think of offhand. Like if I was like picking a movie, like 
he dies in so many movies even lord of the rings like the extended cut he dies like i'm like of all people you decide to let live like what the hell <laughs> mm-hmm. nice Sorry, i had to throw that out there <laughs> yeah yeah no that's i actually i don't remember that um i haven't seen it since it like i think 2007 when it came out um so um I, I, it's only fair that I revisit it. I feel bad like talking about it, but I, what my impressions of it now um, are, I, I'm so conflicted about it in so many ways. Like I have so many different feelings that I, I can't quite place. Like it's difficult for me to really place it on this, on this list, not just because it's like, you know, it's its own timeline and its own way. Like there's two Rob Zombie movies that exist like almost in a vacuum. Um, but apart from that, like, to rank it above the other ones, mostly because um, I want to, so contextually, I like Rob Zombie and I, I, I think he's a super talented filmmaker, um, just in general. I don't always like his movies, I will say that. Sometimes I hate them um, and some of them, I, some of them I really like and then others I, I find like, he, he's all over the map for me, but I think unquestionably, I think he's a talented filmmaker and he knows what he's doing. Um, he was on the first episode, I think, of Mick Garris's podcast. And he's just like a super smart, interesting guy. And hearing him talk about, you know, the movie making process and everything like it, it, he's and he's got like an encyclopedic not knowledge of horror. And like, I know he's like he has this huge reverence for Halloween, of course, like, you know, um, so I was excited to see it. And I think it, he does just like in all of his movies, he does so much right. Um, well, there's I have problems with it, I think, as you said, Brantley, as a Halloween movie. And that's where my conflicting emotions come in because we're talking about sort of a remake, reboot, cool, whatever. And so, I, you know, what is the point of remaking a movie if you're going to do like a shot for shot remake? Like bring your own thing to it. And so I have to give him credit for that. But it's like in a lot of those elements where I, where I have the biggest fault in the movie, be, just purely on the basis that I'm comparing it to this existing thing that I love so much. Um, so I, it's like right in the middle for me just because I think um, so much is done right and I give him so much credit for like doing his own thing and not, you know, especially if he, this is indeed like his favorite movie, as he says, like to, to kind of have the balls to go in there and really change so much of it is pretty cool. Um, I personally, just as a Halloween movie, my biggest problem I think with it is, is that I felt the first half and this is totally subjective. Like, I think the first half is well done for sure. Like the whole movie is well made. Just subjectively, I always found the scariest thing about Michael Myers is like, he has no motivation and I don't know what his history is. And, you know, he's, his history is as blank as his mask is. He's like this faceless, whatever. And so like knowing more about his past is cool. And I, 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 I love that he did it just because again, otherwise it would have just been like a simple retread of the movie. But I also, it takes away some of the scariness for me. Um, and then I felt like the second half is like, it's so brutal and so well done, but it also felt like if I had never seen the first one, I would have been like, this is awesome. But with the first one there, I'm like, this is kind of feels too rushed. It feels like a rushed version of the first one. Um, so I'm like all over the map on the Rob Zombie version. But what I will say is that I, I totally, um, I cannot imagine having to like fill the shoes of John Carpenter, basically stepping into this franchise. Um, there's no way that you're gonna please all the fans. Um, so I think he did it the only way that he could for sure. Um, and I think like as a filmmaker and a, and a hard director, I think it's one of his most accomplished films in, in that regard. So I, I really, I'm looking forward to actually seeing it again for the first time in, you know, 14 years, um, just completely like 
almost with some of those feelings sort of put aside um just able to enjoy it completely as its own thing now that i know like he's no longer you know that 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 part of the franchise has been scrapped they're on this new thing i can just watch it and enjoy it for what it is like i'm i can't wait to revisit it but yeah as far as like if i had to rank it with the, the 12 of them it's also in the middle for me Sorry, nice. I just went on for a long time, but like I, no. that was the one I was looking forward to talking mm-hmm. about the most because I know people are so divided on it. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with everything you said. To be honest with you, and I, I, yeah, I, I I'll, I'll talk a little more about it if we, if and when we get to the sequel of the Rubzumgequel movie <laughs> film. <universe. laughs> That's great. And actually, Nick, uh, host Nick, we're gonna stick with you because you got back to back picks here. The last one of the third round and the first one of the fourth. Right. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the first, my next pick is is easier for me. I'm I'm going with Halloween three. Um, It's obviously it's it's the black sheep of the franchise, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you know I wish I knew more about sort of the mindset at the time. Like they were clearly it seemed like they were like trying to turn this into an anthology series um which sort of like i just said about the rob zombie thing i give them a lot of credit for you know if they had this cash cow and then they like they kind of just flew in the face of what people were expecting and they did this completely different thing and i remember nick i know you were you were, you were kind of talking about this earlier just like when you first saw it like being like what did i make a, like <laughs> did i make a mistake is this the right movie and i remember being at the video store, like standing in front of like, they had like a 50 cent horror, horror section at my local video store. And they had a big shelf of like movies for 50 cents. And I had just seen Halloween one and I was just looking at this shelf and I saw the cover for Halloween three and like the font is different. And like the cover has nothing that, and I remember being like, is this, is there another series called Halloween? Um, and is this the third one of that? Like if I rent this, am I also going to be very confused? Um, but then seeing it, I'm like, this movie is actually really solid. <laughs> like, it's got some great sci-fi elements. It's like, as a standalone movie, there's a lot to like about it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot that's cheesy and, and maybe could have been done better. But um, in some ways, like, the worst thing that can be said about it is that it has Halloween in the title. Because I don't think people, you know, can separate it from, you know, their expectations of what a Halloween movie should be. Um, which is a shame. And I think actually... I could be wrong, but I, my impression of that movie is that it's it's kind of gained more of a cult following as the years have gone on. I think it's been sort of reevaluated and, and is now appreciated for what it is. Um, but like we said on the Friday the 13th franchise, like if I was a huge Halloween fan, like I can only imagine going to see that in the theater and being like completely baffled and like <laughs> hurt. <laughs> um, so that's all there is to say about it. But I, I saw it again last night for the first time in like in like 20 years and 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 I remember liking it when I first saw it, but I liked it even more this time. I just thought that it's just, it's kind of like bonkers and fun. And it's got like, the premise is silly, but it's like, they take it seriously enough that it's, I don't know. It's just, it's so out there. And I have to get, I give it credit again for experimenting with the formula um, and, and really how ballsy it was to do that for like the third entry in this huge franchise. Nice. Yeah, no, I, uh, 
Halloween three has always just been, as you put it, bonk, very bonkers uh, to, to me. Uh, I mean, just the basic premise of like, you know, getting the, the having the ho- Halloween masks with the like Stonehenge chips and stuff in them is like to like melt the kids' faces and stuff, you know, during the commercial. It's like always so like that part in and of itself is wild to me. But then also just the finale is so like crazy to me where he's yelling in the phone like, what's he yelling like you know don't run the ad yeah oh turn it off off. and yeah shut it off and i'm just like okay so i i worked in television for four years and i'm like who is he talking to at the station because like every tv station's probably got 50 plus phone numbers like is he calling the reception desk i mean if he really wants to stop it from running he's got to be calling the master control to like stop the ad tape from running you know also like do time zones that exist <laughs> like you know if it's rolling at 9 a.m on the east co- on the east coast or whatever time it is like you know wouldn't people figure it out by the time it gets to the west coast so i don't know it's just what I will say about Halloween three is that I think Tom Atkins is awesome. And I think he is an excellent actor just in the horror genre in general. Um, and he does a great job uh, in this movie as he does in so many other horror movies. And uh, Tom Atkins is usually like the number one reason that I want to watch Halloween three, uh, just because he is so, so great. Um, so that, that's, that's my thoughts on Halloween three. <laughs> uh, guest Nick, please share yours. Um, I think it's actually an amazing movie. Uh, honestly, if you were, if, if it's in the like category of Halloween, like Michael Myers movies, I think it's very low on the totem pole, unfortunately, just because it's not a Michael Myers movie. But if you like compare it as like a film, like a standalone film, I think it's just as good as the original. I, I, I honestly think that the concept, the, the spirit of halloween like like it's a badass movie it's actually like super gory creepy i mean john uh, john carpenter and deborah didn't really want to do a sequel to halloween in the beginning but obviously it just did so well like you have to do a sequel so their idea like what nick was saying is to do a, a anthology and it's just superior like every single person was the same thought like what the hell where's michael myers like you know it's like it was just kind of confusing to use a franchise name to do a sequel and it just i mean it's it's an unfair it's an unfair brand essentially um i think it's an amazing movie though honestly like i mean tom Atkins just adds value to it but it's, it's so much good behind it that it's like it's just cult classic now because people are willing to accept it it's not a halloween movie it's it's a halloween movie you know it's like so it's I, I it's a great movie i think it uh, definitely deserves to be higher on the list but it's not a michael myers movie and i think Halloween is Halloween. Like, uh, you know, I mean, who shot first, Greedo or Han? I mean, like, if if Greedo shot first, Han would be dead, and then the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, are we even arguing that? I mean, I, I, so I mentioned Edward DeVee. I'll share a story. I did have someone call, like, so I was taking in satellite feeds. Uh, so we have different jobs that you would do at the station, depending on what your role was. And I was taking in satellite feeds and also running like the RoboCam at the garden during a hockey game. And someone called and they obviously got the wrong number at the station and were trying to figure out something. And I've got like, headsets on trying to talk to the producers while I'm running the RoboCam and also like trying to make sure I'm coordinating like the satellite feed and we're like you know getting the right you know thing coming down and so I like had no idea and I'm like dude I'm sorry I don't know and I can't help you right now and it was click and I just imagine that's what the other person on the other line is like 
<laughs> Tom Atkins at the end, like, what? Shut, what? What are you talking about? Shut what off, dude? Shut up, wacko. You know, and just like would hang up the phone on him. Uh, I also didn't understand. Like, there's three channels running the ads, and they shut off two. Like, what is stopping you from shutting off the last one? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. Um, I think I think everything Nick just said is is totally true. Um, I, I think if it was released today, it's the weird thing is that it's a numbered sequel. They could have mm-hmm. easily done like a side story and called it like Season of the Witch, a Halloween story. And like, yeah. I don't think people would have had a problem with it. Like, that's the solution. <laughs> but, um, and it is so gory. I was actually shocked because I had no memory of that, of that element. It is very like violent. I mean, the first woman who like finds the Stonehenge piece that's fallen off the mask in the motel room um like that's some brutal makeup effects i love it um but and it's just i yeah there's not much more to say it's goofy i think it's hilarious that um i already forgot the character's name but you know the 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 woman that tom atkins goes to santa was it santa mira with um they get to the hotel and they make this big deal of like taking the one bag out of the car and it's like the size of a bowling bag but then like later that night she has like this lingerie packed and she's like like that was apparently the only thing that they packed was this one thing and i don't know there's so much to like about that movie it's 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 fun um but yeah that's all i can say about that movie and unfortunately i have to follow it up with one of three movies that i really don't like but um i i just here's the thing i i really didn't like halloween 2 the rob zombie movie so i i can't pick that and i don't remember curse of michael myers enough to really like evaluate it so i have to go with halloween resurrection for my next pick wow i have to um, that, that is a surprise though to me man i wow i mean it's i know it's and here's the thing about halloween resurrection i saw it in high school and i didn't know anything about anything um you know i was just a horror fan and i i was you know i i just i'm not considering the filmmaking prowess behind it i just knew it was a halloween movie i knew rick rosenthal had done a halloween movie before so i was psyched to see this one um and all i remember is that i like i thought it was bad but that i had fun with it that was my memory of the movie like it's really terrible but it was kind of fun the way jason x is kind of fun um and i'm sure if i revisited it today it would be at the very bottom of my list but I'm, I'm going on nostalgia here in the sense that like, I'm going on this one feeling I had this one time 20 years ago and I thought it was okay. So that's all there is to say about it. It was okay. And, uh, and you know, also I just, by the nature of having Jamie Lee Curtis in it at all, even though she did it like very begrudgingly and she's barely in it. And the way that she's in it is kind of shitty. And mm-hmm. the way that they retcon H2O is kind of shitty. Yeah. She's in it. So that's cool. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> Guess, Nick, you want to jump in on that one? So I liked Resurrection when I first saw it. I thought it was really fun. But, I, but you know, when I first saw this, like, I wasn't that committed to all the sequels. And I wasn't that committed to actors. I wasn't like, oh, like, that's that person. And that's that person. I was kind of like, yeah, cool, sequel. Um, God, it's so bad watching it now. Like retconning four two, what is it, the H two O, and and it's like the fact that it just it just kills off like this this title character in such a nonchalant like first twenty minutes way. Like Halloween has a bad tendency to do that with characters, you know. And and Curse will talk a little bit about that too. But it's like it, it, it's like you have these good characters, and it's like if you're not going to use them, just don't use them. Like don't make it an opening to the film. Don't just <laughs> 
crap on the next, like however many sequels you want to do, because you know you're going to do a sequel if you're making it. Um, the things I like about it, it's actually pretty damn relevant considering like we don't do streaming movies like back then. Like there was not a huge streaming or like, you know, found footage. There was obviously Blair Witch and stuff like that, but it's like there wasn't a lot of like streaming things for horror. And I think it was like pretty ambitious getting on top of that. I think that was very smart, but it just, it was just goofy. Like there's no characters that you, you like resonated with in any way. Buster Rhymes was ridiculous like in the film like um i think it's like the fourth or fifth mistaken identity with michael myers and michael myers was just cool with like being like okay like he sits there like hitting him and being like dude you know they can't see two of us that's ridiculous man come on we, we, don't be stupid and michael myers is just like sure <laughs> it's like no big deal all right cool i'm just gonna keep doing my own thing it's just like it was it's so tragic and it it, uh, it definitely uh I think uh, it deserves its place in this draft, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and yeah, I was very surprised that this did not go dead last. I thought I was going to be saddled with resurrection uh, with the very last pick in the draft. So yeah, once again, Nick, you surprised me uh, with some of your, your rankings here. Um, I, you know, I hate what they did just in the very beginning to undo the ending of H2O and, and basically make like H2O for not with like Jamie uh, or excuse me, Laurie Strode being killed off there right in the beginning. And yeah, like forcing Jamie Lee Curtis to come back in and stuff due to contract things was just like, ugh. and it's like, if you're going to do that, like at least have a good story and like, you know, something, something that like is worthy of that sort of like beginning and, flourish to the to the start of it and it just is not like the rest of the movie i think is pretty damn awful so uh i guess i should say thank you for picking that with the first pick of the fourth nick because <laughs> uh, yeah I, I thought i was going to be stuck with it uh no problem i mean i i really don't care for the other two movies that are left so i mean like there are three movies in this round that i really i it could have been i could have been stuck with that either one of them and i would have felt the same so it doesn't matter <laughs> okay <laughs> well uh guess nick i'm gonna throw it to you because you have the second pick of the fourth round here um i'm gonna go with curse of michael myers and wow. how they're double downing on uh the curse of thorn or the the thorn like like the 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 way they ended five was like so odd and like this man in black and then they try to go to this brand new story where it's like he was created and it's and it's like it, it, to be honest with you and that's where i'm not like that harsh on rob zombie is because they tried to make this a cult gathering like we helped michael be born out of uh you know the druid stars and like the the celtic signs and it, it was just so bad and the fact that this is like the first of the merge with Miramax and uh, and Dimensions film, like there was a big gap in time, and and this was right before it was in between New Line Cinema buying the uh, the property, and New Line already had you know Friday the Thirteenth, they had uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and they were trying to take over the Michael Myers series and do like a like a big giant little collaborative thing, and even John Carpenter was kind of like pushing on it and eventually it just turned into Miramax and the Weinstein company taking over it and it was just apparently like this big shit show trying to make this movie happen um Daniel Harris had to legally like 
like I, I may say this wrong, but disavow herself from her parents in order to be able to be in the movie. And then she gets the script and she dies in the first five minutes. And it's like, like, okay, well pay me for some of the work that I did and I'll do it. And they're like, well, no, we're not responsible for that. That's you. You know what I mean? It's just, there's so much stigma behind this film that it just, it's just like, I can't, I, I can't even, and it's like, it, it's just such a bad ending. And it's just, there's one cool kill and it's, it's just such a random oddball movie. Like, I, I don't understand like Paul Rudd, cool. But it's like, does that make a movie good? Like, I don't think so. Like <laughs> such a jumbled crappy mess. Like God in heaven, there's not enough happy things I can say about this film. I was confused watching it. I was like, okay, maybe I watched the wrong Michael Myers movie. Maybe there's another one, you know? Uh, yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah uh gosh and i feel bad because it, it's probably been the longest time of any of these that i it's been the longest since i've seen curse of michael myers um you know and i love paul rudd and i love that he's in it but yeah it's it's a it's not a good uh movie it's it's a disappointment on pretty much every level so i don't think i have much more to add to you <laughs> <laughs> than to, to your <laughs> words there nick yeah i i this is also the longest um in the franchise i saw it once and and forgot about it so it's it's been a long time it wasn't worthy of like really revisiting i would be curious to see it now because i, I kind of wanted to see it and then see the producer's cut of it afterwards like because i i don't so i can't really speak to that even but i remember um that was like you know at least within that community kind of a big deal when when that was released um, so I'd be curious to check that out. What I remember, my feeling between like the Halloween and Friday the 13th franchises, I, I, I guess now I don't know how, I, I think I probably hold them both in like kind of equal regard. At the time, I remember thinking like, I really like Friday the 13th, but there's this like, they don't, there's no, they don't make no qualms about like having him be this supernatural monster. I mean, like he comes back to life and then that's that. I always that enjoyed- yeah right 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 yeah exactly exactly after well even in like you know he, he drowned in the lake so like in some oh respect, yeah like, yeah you know and i felt like even though clearly michael myers is also the same thing like he can't possibly be killed he's like this force of nature it was also like more grounded if you can call the halloween series grounded like it it, it had that going for it. like he was just this guy who 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 is driven to kill for who knows what and then like as the series goes on it gradually gets more and more sort of they're like the supernatural elements start to creep in around two with like the Sam Hain thing and then like four and, and like clearly five they have like this psychic connect connection with Daniel Harris and like I think six is like clearly the, the logical conclusion to like where that was going um and so I I honestly if if, if six had been successful I don't even know where they would have continued. Like they, I think they had to reboot it at that point. I don't know what you do after that. So, um, so in that sense, it's like, it's the last movie in that sort of timeline. It sort of killed that direction of the franchise. Um, so it's, it's, it's all, and, and it's at the bottom of this list. So it's so fitting. It's sort of the end of everything. Not quite the end, Nick, because my final I know you got one more. <laughs> is is uh, Halloween 2 uh, from 2009, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Uh, I actually, funnily enough, would have had this above Resurrection. Um, and maybe just for the uh, early uh, hospital set, uh, you know, set piece 
which I think is probably the best part of the movie. Uh, I think it's tense. I think it's really well done. I think it's uh, scary. Like when she's hiding in that, what is it like a parking lot attendance booth or whatever from Michael? Uh, I think it's, it, that's actually like probably my favorite sequence in either of the Rob Zombie movies. Um, and I like that Octavia Spencer like, is just there at the hospital. It's like a nice little uh, person to show up there. And, and I also like that Angela Trimber, uh, an, an actress I enjoy, is, is in Halloween too as well. Um, I don't have much else uh, good to say about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Um, but I, I don't dislike it as much as I guess some other people uh, do because I, I don't view it as being like... Uh, too far removed from his first, uh, the the first Halloween movie he did, No Seven. Um, they're sort of like you know, you know, two of the same uh, to me. Although I certainly would rank his O Seven one higher than uh, the sequel. Um, yeah, but I'd love to hear what you guys think about Halloween too. You go ahead, uh, guess Nick. I see that smile. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I want to hear it. <laughs> so. So uh, the the executive producer uh, that was over the entire Halloween franchise, um, Mostafa Akkad, his son took over production when uh, Rob Zombie took it over because he passed away due to a terrorist bombing and mm -hmm. just weird, weird situation. But, um, but his son took it over. And I, I think a lot of the direction of the studio was they wanted a direct sequel or a direct reboot when they made the 2000, uh, the seven one, I think was what it was, um, for the first Rob Zombie sequel. Um, the next one that came out, like this this one here, I was like, Rob Zombie, he didn't want to do a sequel. There was already a bunch of problems with like getting this the last one off the, either like, hey, do whatever you want, do whatever you want. And he goes so full blown, like Rob Zombie, where his wife is like 40% of the movie, there's a horse, like, where the beginning is the coolest part of the whole film. I'm yeah. like, holy crap, they're going to do a really cool Halloween 2 sequel. And like the deaths, and, and it was just so scary. And that's a dream, and that didn't yeah. happen. I'm like, what the hell? Okay, and then we spent like 30 minutes following the trauma victims and, and the, the effects this had. And Dr. Loomis is this shallow dude. And, and then we jump into, like, he's this homeless guy that's, living on the land, eating dogs and stuff like that. And it's just like, it was such a random, like you literally gave this to any indie like horror director and you're like, hey, I want you to just make a sequel. Don't make it anything like anything you've seen before. We'll want to just random it up. Like you can make them homeless. You can put a sombrero on them, whatever. You just fucking make it happen, <laughs> pardon my language. But it's like, it, it's like, just do it, just go for it. And it's like, we get this Torah mask and it's just like this bearded dude, like, there's almost almost not a need to even have a Michael Myers mask in it. Like it's such a you're you're getting to know the people so well, and you're literally like they recast the kid. Like I, I, it was just I, I remember seeing this the first time, and I was just so bored and so frustrated, and I was like like just so tired watching it. And they they kill Daniel Harris, and I'm like oh. yeah, oh, so difficult to get through. I. I I haven't fully rewatched this yet, um, you know, but I just remembered not liking it at all. It's been a while. I, I do probably need to rewatch it, but it's just, 
it just it stuck a chord with me and I, I i lost some respect for michael myers after that one there i was like no <laughs> <laughs> well speaking of daniel harris too it's like some of the characterizations are just almost like polar opposites from the the original remake that he did in 07 too it's like and everyone's like pissed at laurie because like it's like yeah she just went through a really dramatic experience <laughs> why are you all like treating her like garbage you know Happy uh, at all i don't know what's her problem <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah it's it's yeah it's it's a it's a wild movie <laughs> nick yeah. nick uh host nick do you have uh thoughts on halloween too i'm um it's at the bottom of my list um yeah for sure uh by a long shot too um Ooh. yeah i mean it really i really i i hated halloween too um mm. again to be fair and this is i don't know why i do this to myself because i hated it so much but now like talking about it i'm like i need to revisit this like i could feel i don't know why i would do it to myself but like i feel like i it's, it's only fair to to give that a second shot and i probably will see it again um at some point but i think nick you I, the word bored really is what i think that hit the nail on the head for me i mean that that described my bored and confused and I frustrated I think those are the three words like I could not have said it better um frustration mostly because again it starts off with this incredible sequence and again Halloween 2 is one of my favorite movies in this in the franchise so seeing like you know Haddonfield Memorial or whatever I'm like this is fucking awesome brutal Michael Myers like as brutal as he's ever been it's just it's creepy and it's just it's very it's incredibly intense and then like it just like the floor drops out (laughs) And it just plummets and you're like, oh my God, like just take that whole scene out. Like, I wish I'd never seen that whole sequence because it's so good. And then it's just a tease. And like, I, I, I know he didn't want to do the sequel. And I know that they said like, yeah, do whatever you want. And in that respect, I will say that I, I have to compare this in some ways to, and maybe I'll revisit it and feel even more positive about it now. Cause like, I have to compare it to Halloween three in some ways. Cause it's just not a Halloween movie. It, it starts as a Halloween movie and then it just is a Rob Zombie movie like through and through. It's just, it's just a Rob Zombie movie. He could have named that, you know, the, the second two acts of that movie could have been named anything, um, you know, whatever a Rob Zombie film. And I, I mean, I, if I went in with that expectation and not a Halloween sort of expectation, I might've loved it. I have no idea. So I am going to rewatch it at some point. I just remember being so crushed after that opening sequence and then just bored and angry that like like uh, yeah the mask like the beard and like again what i said about the first like rob zombie remake is like i just find michael scary because he's this blank slate with like no motivation but here the mask is gone it's torn up you can see half his face he's this homeless guy he's got like it and like there's so much going on there that i'm like he's just not even he's not michael anymore he's this completely different character i'm the halloween franchise for me is always going to be about this like faceless entity that stalks people relentlessly and you don't know why and like that's that is what's scary to me like slasher movies don't scare me but the idea that there's people out there who you know are driven to to do whatever they do with no explanation is scary seeing him maskless homeless like eating dogs whatever is just not halloween at all um and for that reason alone it's just like it's just so not halloween like halloween 3 purposely went in and was like this is not halloween so i can i can be i'm fine with that like that's okay they were they were upfront and transparent about that they were like this is not a halloween movie 
this was like you know the poster was awesome i remember the, the teaser poster michael's right on it and that like pumpkin field or whatever and i was like this looks awesome but it's not that at all and i felt completely robbed no mm -hmm. one intended i mean you know <laughs> um so that's that uh, yeah i can't say anything more except for that i i just i hated it so much <laughs> well all right well that'll wrap up our uh halloween franchise draft to recap uh in the first round uh number one overall i took halloween then i took halloween four uh the return of michael myers in the second round I then took Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers in the third round, and I was stuck with Halloween 2 from Rob Zombie in the uh, final round. Uh, our guest, Nick Perry, uh, in the first round, you took the Halloween 2018 uh, requel, as we were calling it, uh, and in the second round, you took Halloween Kills. In the third round, you took Rob Zombie's Halloween from 2007, and then in the Fourth round, you took uh, The Curse of Michael Myers. Uh, host Nick, in the first round, you took H2O. In the second round, you took Halloween 2. In the third round, you took Halloween 3. And in the fourth round, you took Halloween Resurrection. So that rounds out our Halloween draft. Uh, normally, uh, Nick, what we do here is we do our post-draft analysis uh, where we would talk about our undrafted free agents, the honorable mentions we would draft. But as we just drafted the entire franchise, there is no one else that we could have drafted. So since there's no undrafted free agents, uh, we're going to move right into the reach of the draft and the steal of the draft. Um, I will be really honest here. I don't know if I can pick like a reach here. Uh, I, I think the, <laughs> cause it's like, it's not like Nick could have drafted Halloween resurrection lower. It was his final pick. I was just surprised <laughs> it went like with the first pick of the fourth round, but that's it's still not really a reach for him. Um, gosh. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, do you guys have thoughts on the reach of the draft? Maybe me taking Halloween five in the third. I don't know. I would probably even argue to say the third, like Halloween three, just because it's completely not Michael Myers. Mm, it doesn't fair. use the name or anything. That would be the only reach. Like, to be honest, that's the bottom of my list, but that's because I don't really consider it a Halloween movie. I consider it its own movie, mm. you know? So that, that's the only reach I can think of. And not by any means means that any of those movies are, are better than it, um, but it's like, it's nowhere near a Michael Myers movie and Halloween is Michael Myers. Like, I think that that's the consensus when you hear that word, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's the only thing I could consider. No, that's fair. I, and it's so funny. You just reminded me that like, that they're playing Halloween, like as like the primetime movie in Halloween three, it's like Halloween exists within this Halloween three universe, <laughs> which is, which is hilarious. That's how much of like a not Halloween movie it is. Um, yeah, that's fair. I would say that that's totally fair. I would that probably is a reach. In that now, regard. I, I'm curious then too what you guys think for steel because I think a lot of this played out, you know, close to or pretty close to. I would have imagined, you know, things being drafted. Um, maybe picking up Halloween two in the second round for you, Nick. I don't. I don't know. Uh, what? Uh, well, Nick, you got Halloween. Um, Halloween H four O in your second round pick, or was that your no? First that was pick? his first round, yeah. And then That's Halloween pretty, kills. I, mean, I, I guess yeah. that is the first one. So can you say it's a steal? But like, I, I would say that the twenty eighteen Halloween was was a 
I don't know, actually. I, I, but, I, but think about it, I don't know when I expected that one to be chosen. I I thought I thought that would be pretty early, like a first rounder. I was I, the reason I say you Nick with Halloween two in the second round is just because uh, I don't know if maybe other people would have expected like H two O and the twenty eighteen one to go before Halloween two, just because that one's so much so similar to the original, I guess. Um, you know, or at least it's the closest to the original that so many of the others are. Um, and is very near and dear to people's hearts, uh, like the original is. So that's that's why I was thinking you, uh, Nick Schwartz, there with uh, Halloween 2 in the second round. But I don't know, this is tough to do a reach and a steal just because so much of this shaked out exactly as I would have <laughs> imagined <laughs> it too, you know. What about you, guess, Nick? Did you have thoughts on, like, uh, the the steal? No, I, I I think you said it well. Like, I, and I, I think that's kind of like the flaw of the Halloween universe. It's like it's pretty predictably, you know. I mean, you might. I think the argument would be more so like, what is the bottom mm. of the Halloween universe? Like, I think, you know, when it comes to like the original, it's like undoubtedly it's going to always be the first, like no matter what. But it's like, is it the second? Is it the 2018 version? Is H two O? You know what I mean? It's like I, I think that those are. Those are fun arguments, but realistically, they, they all they're all pretty good contenders. I mean, like I think I'm happy with any of those being on the top. Like honestly, it just really comes down to what's on the bottom, and I'm I'm very happy that Halloween two made it to the bottom. Like my, the Rob <laughs> Zombie equal, equal whatever they called it. Yeah, that was yeah. my. Main. That's interesting hearing you compare. Like just again, because we started the series with Friday the Thirteenth, um, drafting that that franchise and. It's interesting because, yeah, like Halloween is so, the original was so obviously going to be the first pick regardless of who got it. I mean, like that was, I put it on the top of my list just so I had it there, but like it didn't matter. Like I knew if I didn't roll that first die that it was going to be gone. Um, But with Friday the 13th, that wasn't the case. I mean, people don't necessarily, I feel like the original Friday the 13th is like important for you know several reasons but like it's definitely not people's favorite i don't think generally um and it and it wasn't picked first for us um and that's like a big difference between those franchises um that i haven't really considered until just now there's a lot more variance on like what people have as their favorite or you know not with friday the 13th whereas yeah with halloween it's just you know the original is like the definitive like number one pick of the franchise like i would have been shocked if like if I wasn't drafting first and one of you guys did and took anything else besides the original, I think that would have been the, the, the reach, <laughs> you know, definitively. Cause it's like, how do you pick that over the original? Yeah. That'd be like sacrilege. I mean, yeah. It's like, if you drive drafted like the psycho series, I feel like not a long <laughs> enough series, but like, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, we drafted, if it was like just you and me, Nick, we did a two round draft <laughs> right? and anyone took, anything and if the last one wasn't psycho three as as well (laughs) yeah it would be shocking yeah yeah i never thought about it in that context but anyway that's interesting to me yeah well uh nick i want to thank you so much for coming on and uh giving us your time here and, and guesting on the podcast and especially to do it with the the halloween franchise and for our you know halloween dated uh episode uh I, I'm, I'm i'm sorry i was about to go into our closing thing and i just blanked so <laughs> <do> that again <laughs> i appreciate um, it 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Well, uh, we're happy to have you on and, uh, you know, we, you're welcome to come back on anytime if there's another topic that you want to draft. Uh, but, uh, until then we want to, uh, encourage everybody to uh you know follow rate review on apple Podcasts, listen uh to us on whatever uh medium you listen to podcasts and uh tune in next week for a still to be determined episode that uh we'll have uh thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time the song you heard in this episode is you are a monster by monroeville music center it's being used under a cc BY Creative Commons license and was accessed from freemusicarchive.org. If you'd like to hear more of Monroeville Music Center, you can find them on Bandcamp, their Facebook page, YouTube, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Discogs, iHeartRadio, and Deezer. And hey, if you want to reach out and communicate with us, please send an email to horrordraftspod at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram, at Horror Drafts, all one word. We'd love to hear any questions you have for us, suggestions for topics to draft, or ideas for guests, especially if you can put us in touch with them. Thanks, everyone, and we hope to hear from you soon. But I would say, like, if you have an idea for a topic that you're passionate yeah. about, like, let us know and we'll just do it because it'd be fun. Like, and it could be really niche or specific. Like, you could be like, what's your favorite page in the original publication of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? <laughs> we have to draft all whatever, 300 pages. <laughs> fine with me. We could do it. I'd love to hear what our uh, undrafted free agents are there. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you on page 57, didn't quite make my draft, but. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, we'd we'd be like, like getting wow, really nobody's, deep. Nobody's listening to this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>